You're listening to a message from Victory Dumaguete. We're down to the last installment of our current series called Seed and Harvest. When we started this series, we're in Genesis chapter 1. Just a quick recap of our past installments. We were in Genesis chapter 1 and we learned that when we talk about provision, we need to understand that man was created in the image of God. And as image bearers, we receive God's provision. Because we were tasked to do something like God provided us as well. So we are to receive provision. On the second week, we were in Genesis chapter 8. Okay, we were in the story of Noah. And we learned that God is faithful and His faithfulness is a call for us to worship Him. Even in the midst of a great flood, Noah was able to experience the faithfulness of God. And God continues to do so. And a great reminder okay, is the rainbow that He set for Noah. Each time we see a rainbow, makita the skies, we can be reminded of God's faithfulness. And we are reminded of a greater sign of His faithfulness as well with the cross. Now for today, we're in the book of Genesis once again. We're going to look at the story of Isaac, the son of Abraham. The very son whom Abraham had been praying for for a long time. The very son that he was tested to sacrifice on an altar. That very son. We're going to look at a particular story of Isaac. And for that, can you read your Bibles to Genesis chapter 26. And we'll be reading from verses 1 to 14. Can you read your Bibles? Whether it's on your phones, tablets, or you have a printed Bible with you. It says here, Now there was famine in the land, besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Gerar, to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land of which I shall tell you. So join in this land, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. For to you and to your offspring, I will give all these lands, and I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham your father. I will multiply your offsprings as the stars of heaven, and I will give to your offspring all these lands, and the offspring all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Verse 6. So Isaac settled in Gerar. When the men of the place asked him about his wife, he said, she is my sister. For he feared to say my wife, thinking lest the men of the place should kill me because of Rebekah, because she was attractive in appearance. When he had been there a long time, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out of a window and saw Isaac laughing with Rebekah, his wife. So Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold, she is your wife. How then could you say that she is my sister? Isaac said to him, Because I thought lest I die because of her. Abimelech said, what is this you have done to us? One of the people might have easily lain with your wife, and you would have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech warned all the people, saying, Whoever touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. And Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him, and the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. He had possessions of flocks and herds and many servants, so that the Philistines envied him. So as we're in Genesis chapter 26, a bit of background na lang as well. We're reading about a story of Isaac. So if you're wondering lang, in case lang, at this time, Abraham is dead na. He's been dead for several years na. Sarah is dead na as well. And Abraham has been married to Rebekah. And they have two sons, Esau and Jacob. Jacob would eventually become Israel, one of the forefathers of the Israelite nation. Now, at this point, our story picks up in verse 1, where it says there na there was famine in the land, besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. Now, when you say famine, it basically means extreme scarcity of food. 
could be an agricultural problem. There are several other factors. There war, there disasters, there crop failure, and all of that. Point is, there's a shortage of food. That's a big problem because for Isaac, it wasn't just himself he was thinking of. Yes, he had a family with him as well. But because he inherited Abraham's properties and all that as well, he had servants, he had livestock, he had so many people and animals to take care of, basically. So a famine was a big problem, basically. And when this happened, okay, before we get to what happened with the rest of the story, I want us first to look at this. It says here that there was famine in the land. Now, this was the very land that God promised Abraham and his family to reside in. Isaac was still in the land of promise, if you will. And I want us to understand this, church. You might ask, why was this? Kano man ay famine sa land nga ningon si God, Abraham, ani daring? Let your family stay here or si Isaac, nagpuyot diya. Kano man ay famine diya? Because we might think na, Lord, why is it that I experience financial difficulties? Why is it that I have you know, challenges, financially speaking? Why have so many bills to pay? I have tuition fees. Why have all these things? Kano man kailangan ko na mga balayran? And Lord, I just had my victory weekend. Lord, I just joined a victory group. Lord, I've been attending services every weekend. Why should I have these challenges? I want us to understand, church, that as Christians, being a Christian doesn't guarantee a life free from problems or challenges. When we go back to the case of Isaac, why was this? If you remember, in Genesis chapter 3, when the fall happened, when Adam and Eve sinned against God, sin spread throughout creation. There was a curse in creation upon all of creation. And in verse 17, it says here, Curse is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. Verse 18, it will produce thorns, thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat food until you return to the ground since you were taken from it. Point here is that, yes, the ground would still produce food. Yes, God still would provide for Abram, for Isaac in the land of promise. But even here in the land of promise, there would still be challenges. Yes, the land would produce food, good food as well. But after the curse, thorns, thistles would also sprout from the ground. Man had to work hard to get food from the ground. Remember, Abraham and Isaac, they were not in a paradise. Unlike Adam, when he opened his eyes, he was in a paradise, in the Garden of Eden. But just like Noah, Isaac, yes, he was in a land of promise, but it was not a paradise. He still needed to work in the land. He still needed to find food, to sow. In other words, just like us here today, as followers of God, it doesn't mean that just because we follow God means problem-free na ang life nato. Kaya nga, when we started this series, we told you as well, now when we talk about God and provision, there are two pendulum swings we need to avoid. And one of those is prosperity gospel. That prosperity teaching na, you just follow Jesus, all be well. Just follow Jesus, just follow God. Wala kay problema sa kwarta na. Wala kay kwarta sa mumbulsa all the time. You will be a millionaire if you follow Jesus. No, you cannot find that teaching in the Bible. In fact, if you would look at scriptures, you would see Christians, and I believe I said this last week as well, you see followers of God experiencing difficulties. My point here, church, is that don't be surprised when you experience hardship and suffering. Don't be surprised as if it's a strange thing. Ano man kasuffer ko, nakisyano ko. In fact, it can still happen to us. Look no further than the Apostle Paul. Alright? The very Apostle Paul, who was a, a very passionate missionary for the gospel, Shipwrecked three times, beaten up, imprisoned, robbed, nearly killed, until ultimately executed. And for what? For the sake of Christ. For following Jesus. For honoring God. Problems and difficulties can happen to us. But even in the midst of difficulties and problems, church, I want us to understand that God can still and is able to provide and sustain us. 
And that's what God is going to remind Isaac here. In verse 2, the Lord appeared to him. What's interesting, every time you read your Bibles, when it mentions a situation of lack, or there's a situation of poverty or something, there's always a good chance that you would see God there appear as well. Appear to the people of the story and speak to them. It says here that the Lord appeared to him, appeared to Isaac, and told him, do not go down to Egypt, dwell in the land of which I shall tell you. All right? Very specific instruction ni God, ni Isaac. Don't go to Egypt. Don't go there. But dwell where I will tell you to dwell. Now, you might say, don't go to Egypt. I mean, what's so wrong about Egypt? Now, remember, also context, there was a famine, shortage of food. So, of course, your default thinking, if your eyes could be, let's go to a place where there is what? There is food. Diba? Same thing now, kung magdisod mo, pangitag signal sa cell phone, what do you do? You try to find a place, ngayon signal. You raise your hand, wherever makuha kang signal diha. That's what Isaac is speaking here. I will go to Egypt. Why Egypt? Because in Egypt, there is what we call the Nile River. So there's a good chance that there would still be food. It will not have famine in Egypt. Why? Because of the Nile River. The Nile River is this big river that crosses Africa. And because of that, there's abundance in Egypt. There is great food in Egypt. There's fertile lands in Egypt. I'm getting ahead of myself here. But even in the time of Abraham, when he experienced famine, he actually went down to Egypt as well, thinking that there is food there to go. But God told Isaac here, don't, do not go there, Isaac. Don't go to Egypt. And we might think, nga naman dili. Kung nai food did to, sounds logical naman. Ato ko dito kay, nai pagkaon dari. Maka feed ko sa akong pamilya, sa akong servants, sa akong animals. Why not go to Egypt? Well, remember what God told Isaac? He says, dwell in the land of which I shall tell you. You see, Isaac was wrong thinking that God do not provide for his needs in the place where God called him to live. God called him, all right, Isaac, Abraham, you're going to stay here in this land. And when the famine happened, when the hardship happened, Isaac's first instinct was, all right, I'm going to go down. I'm planning to go to Egypt. How do we know he's planning to go to Egypt? God told him, don't go there. So he was planning definitely to go there. He's on the way there. And God told him, no, not there. Stay in the land that I will tell you. God is teaching Isaac to depend on him, to trust in him. Because he is the promise keeper. He's the one who's going to provide for him. You see, I like how one of our pastors said this, God's blessing will always come through God's presence. As we remembered last week, as we learned last week, remember, who is our source of provision? The ultimate source of our provision. See, si Lord, see si God atong source of provision. Wherever your job is right now, wherever your source of business is, the reason why you're able to express provision is because of the Lord. The same way that Moses reminded the people of Israel, God gave you the ability, the power to produce wealth. God is the source. And so God is teaching Isaac here to trust in him. That from him would come the blessing and the provision, even in the season of lack. Even while there is famine in that land, he is to trust in the Lord that God would still provide. The delay mo trust on another option. Okay, Lord, you told my father you'd provide for him. But Lord, Lord. No, God is telling him, trust me here. Stay in this land. The son of the promise will always live in the land of the promise. He had to live in the land of the promise to experience the promises of God. Church, for us today, if you want to experience the blessings of God, we need to know and understand this. It comes from the presence of God. He is our source, the source of our provision. And therefore, we don't need to, quote-unquote, discard in a way nga, ah, Lord, kapwi maghulat ni mo. Lord, I know you said you provide for me, pero lisod man karon, so I'll do this, Lord, na lang. Knowing the faithfulness of God, church, will you trust Him? 
Will you rely on the Lord? Will you trust in His promises? Or will you do things your way? Will you say, Lord, ako muna, Lord, kasi lisod man karon. In Isaac's case, God told him that he was to trust in him. And what's amazing here was that God doubled down, basically. Or God reaffirmed his promises that he made to Abraham, and now he's telling it to Isaac. In verse 3, God told Isaac, sojourn in this land, meaning to temporarily stay in that land. Stay here. And I will be with you, and I will bless you. In case it was not clear, now it's really clear. God told Isaac, don't go there, because what? I will bless you here in this land. So if you were Isaac and you heard of those from God, you would think, all right, Lord, okay, wow, okay. Even in this the difficult situation, God is telling me he would bless me. And God even says here, for to you and to your offspring, I will give these lands. I will establish the oath that I swore to your father Abraham, all right? So in other words, God is reaffirming his covenant with Abraham. And I so love this because it is another example of God's faithfulness. If you remember, I mentioned as an example last week that God made a covenant not just with Noah, but with many other people in the Bible. You guys remember that? God made a covenant with Noah. He promised Noah he would never destroy creation with the flood. But he made several covenants with other people. David, with Moses and the Israelite nation, and of course, with Abraham as well. And we find one of that examples in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country. Okay? This is his original covenant with Abraham. Abraham pang pangalan niya at this time. Go from your country, meaning leave your place and your kindred and your father's house to the land which I will show you. Alright? And he says there as well, I will make you a great nation. And third verse as well, you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So that covenant, that great series of promises had three main things basically. A promise of land, a promise to be a great nation, and the promise to be a blessing, to be such a blessing that he would be a blessing to those around him and those who bless him would be blessed as well, grabbing a blessing. So all these promises, God made a covenant with Abraham. And it was an unconditional covenant because Abraham was asleep when God made this covenant. Imagine that. Abraham passed through that pile of animal flesh. I remember that story. But Abraham fell asleep. This was an unconditional covenant. And that's all well and good. God promised with Abraham. What was also amazing was that in chapter 17, it says here in verse 7, God told Abraham, I will establish my covenant between me and you, all right, me and you, Abraham, and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant. In other words, God told Abraham, Akong promises ni mo, dili ni tama ni mo lang. Because remember, Abraham died at this point na. If the promises were only for Abraham, when Abraham died, God could have told Isaac, All right, Isaac, I made a promise to your father, and that promise is done. Those promises are done now. I've given him the land and all of that. I've given him a son. Tapos na ako. I don't have any other obligation, if you will, to keep my promises to you. And Isaac could have been left to himself to figure out what to do with the famine. But God made this covenant with Abraham. He says, I will make my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you. No kids are my offspring, Abraham, Karun. Of course. See, Isaac. So in other words, Isaac is a recipient of these continued promises that God initially made with Abraham. He's the heir to the promise. The heir to the covenant God made with Abraham. And God is reminding him of all these promises that he made to his father, Abraham. So if you're Isaac, imagine you're experiencing a famine, extreme problem with food. 
And God told you, I will bless you. But not just that, God is reminding him. Remember what I told your father? Guess what? You will receive that as well. I will continue my word. In our church for us today, this is another great example of God's faithfulness. You know, it's so easy for us because of our sinful nature to quickly doubt God. We hear about it on a Sunday, but after this, we think that you're faithful to God. Well, here's another example naman, church, the faithfulness of God. Now, if you would look at it, in hindsight, God was faithful to Abraham. Abraham received the land, he became wealthy, became blessed, and despite his old age, despite being biologically, medically, scientifically, being unable to conceive, Sarah, they still had a child, the promised child God told him. So faithful to God and Abraham, and now God is continuing to be faithful with Isaac, telling Isaac, I will bless you. Those amazing words to hear. If we were Isaac wrong, Lord, how many of us would be thankful for that? If God told us those words, I will bless you. I will be with you. Diba? Grabbing our words. Now what does Isaac do? What's his response? What happened after this? So Isaac settled in Gerar. Alright, good. He didn't go to Egypt. He obeyed God's instructions. That's good. I stayed there. Verse 7. When the men of the place asked him about his wife, he said, she is my sister. Oops. Isaac went from, all right, such a spiritual high, you know, experience. And grabe, received all these promises, kang God. God reaffirming his covenant with Isaac, all that. Grabe, amazing. Then after staying there for a while, it was like, ako na soon. He didn't say, that's my wife. It continues to hear, for he feared to say my wife, thinking, lest the man of the place should kill me because of Rebecca. Why did he say, my sister? Because he feared. Had look siya. Isaac feared. How quickly Isaac forgot one important key detail when God told him that he would bless him. In verse 3 of chapter 26, remember, God told him, sojourn in this land and, what it says there, I will be with you. God didn't just say, I will bless you. Okay, you will receive this, but I will be with you. But as he stayed in Gerar, what did Isaac do? Hadlok siya. Forgetting that God was with him. One of us today had those experiences before. We come in on a Sunday, we hear the word of God, we're encouraged, we're inspired, rebuked, we're reminded of God's faithfulness. But Barak Nato, we didn't know week, we forget about God, we forget about His faithfulness. When we face the challenges, when we face the lack, the situations that we have with us, we makalimut as faithfulness na niya. Church, let us always be reminded. That is why. We need to read the Word of God because we are a forgetful people. It's so easy for us to forget the goodness of God, the things God has done for us, His faithfulness because of our forgetfulness. The same thing with Isaac, especially when we experience fear. Here, Isaac was what? He was afraid. And the problem with fear is that fear clouds our minds or clouds our judgment. It's kind of like if you're driving with poor visibility. Have you ever tried drive mo and kusukegulan your wipers not really working what happens ba hinay ka di ka kita maglisod ka you might accidentally hit something libog ka asa ang saktong way the same thing with Isaac because of his fear it clouded his mind instead of remembering wait God is with me God told me he would bless me here ang dili ko niya I don't need to be afraid of these Philistines I don't need to be afraid of the Philistines because of his fear what did he do he did not trust in God 
Instead of trusting God's faithfulness, he trusted in his own deception to protect him instead of trusting the Lord. Again, I know there are times we need to think creatively, work hard, all of that. But when we do that in opposition to moving in faith, when we make this karte without faith in God, that is a problem. Because again, what is faith? Hebrews 11 verse 1, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. When you go back to the story of Isaac, what were the things Isaac could see? Famine, scarcity of food, the Philistines, those things he could see. He failed to see beyond the lack and remember that God was with him, that God would bless him in this situation, even in this situation. Now, knowing God's faithfulness, church, do we see beyond the lack? I'm not downplaying or minimizing the bills we need to pay, the financial difficulties you might be in right now, the tuition fees, the pangbayad sa boarding house, the medical expenses. I know for a fact that many of you are praying for provision. I'm not saying all those will just disappear. After the Sunday, you will be faced with those things as well. But despite all that, do you see beyond the lack? Do you see still that God is able to provide? Do you have the eyes of faith, church? I know I keep saying Noah because very close on stories. But if you remember the story of Noah, when he disembarked from the ark, in a world that was ravaged with flood, with very limited resources, what did Noah do? He made offerings to the Lord. A costly offering. Where if you were Noah's companion, you would have said, Noah, that's one less food. Gamayin lang itong pagkaon. May endangered species na. But he made an offering to God. Because he had experienced the faithfulness of God. Buhi gyapon sila. Despite the flood. And he saw beyond the lack. Question for us church, do we see beyond the lack? Do we see how God has been able to provide for us, sustain us? Perhaps daily millions. But he's still providing us nonetheless. His grace is still there nonetheless. Continue with our story. In verse 8, it says here, when he had been there a long time, all right? So he kept that with a pretense for a long time, see Isaac. It says here, Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, looked out of the window and saw Isaac laughing with Rebekah, his wife. So Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold, she is your wife. Now, some of you would ask, Nano man gets niya Abimelech, nga asawa niya si Rebekah. Ang katawan ay raman sila. It just says laugh. Well, in some translations, when it says laughing with Rebekah, in some translations, it says there, Isaac caressing Rebecca. We mean Isaac was treating Rebecca as his wife. Perhaps he thought na wala galantao, so he could treat her naturally as his wife. See, Abimelech saw that this is just no brother sister relationship. They were in fact husband and wife. And so Abimelech confronts them, rebukes them even, discover and uncover ang pretension, ang deception gibuat ni Isaac. Okay, Abimelech says, "Behold, she is your wife," and he asks him, "Why did you say this?" Why did you pretend basically that she is your sister? And, you know, and Isaac said that I was afraid. It isn't really connected to provision and all of that, but I want us to understand here, church. Because here's the thing. This isn't the first time this kind of incident happened in the Bible. As I mentioned before, in the time of Abraham, there was famine and he went to Egypt. And when he went to Egypt, something similar happened to Abraham as well. Just like Isaac. When he was in Egypt, Abraham actually told the Egyptians that Sarah was his sister. Alright? So in other words, if we were to think, oh, it's not stated here, but perhaps that's why Isaac thought of that as well. You know, 
Abraham did so. Nakanasa example, gibuat siyang father basically. But the point here is, Abraham did so. Okay? It says here in Genesis chapter 12, verse 18, Pharaoh called Abraham, What is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? So, so that I may took her for my wife. Now then, here is your wife. Take her. Go. Right? So Abraham did so as well. Abraham committed the same sin that Isaac did. Both the father and the son did so. Now what's my point? Comparing these two things or bringing these two things together. Well, two points, basically. Firstly, I want us to understand, church, that when it comes to sin, all sin will be uncovered. Isaac, Abraham tried to cover up their sin, much like the very first man's Adam, is Eve, but sin will be uncovered. Their deception was uncovered. Quick segue, I want us to understand this. As we talk about sin, sin will be uncovered. Okay? All that's done in the darkness will be brought out in the open, basically. But another thing here is that in both these cases, Abraham and Isaac, both of them did not trust in the faithfulness of God, but trusted in their own deception, their own craftiness, if you will, in their own ways. Well, they trust ni God. And again, in the case of Isaac, because Abraham did something, na passed on niya kang Isaac. Isaac as well. And it's important, church, because as people of God, as children of God, what will we pass on to those after us? A lifestyle of faith? How we moved in faith? What will we pass on to them? That we were to trust in God? Or will we pass on a lifestyle of doubts, fears, worries, and anxieties? Knowing the faithfulness of God, what will you pass on to the next generation? Will we pass on something, the same thing Abraham passed on to Isaac? Well, sa trust ni God at that point, na fail sila. Or will we pass on a lifestyle of faith? That when hard times happen, when difficult times, we experience difficult times, we tell those around us to hold on to the Lord. Hold on to the promises of God for He is faithful. He is trustworthy. And what's amazing here as well, going back to the story, that even despite the flaws of Abraham and Isaac, God continued to protect them. Because it says here in verse 11, Abimelech warned all the people saying, whoever touches this man and his wife shall surely be put to death. Abimelech could have punished Isaac for his deception, for lying to him. He could have said, Isaac, I'm going to kill you. But God through his grace, because God, remember, promised Isaac to bless him to continue his covenant with him, protected them. That the protection here is whoever would touch him, whatever would touch his wife, or would lay a hand on them, would kill them, would surely be killed. There's now protection, kumbaga, over them. And I want to qualify as well, like before I continue, that it doesn't mean God approved of their sin. In fact, that's why he uncovered Gani, and that's why they were rebuked for it. They were corrected for it. God's not, God's not okay with what Isaac and Abraham did. So it's deception nila. But despite their flaws, despite their shortcomings, because again, faithful si Lord, uphold niyang promises niya kang Abraham o ni Isaac. Amazing, isn't it, church? I mean, think about that. We are so quick to doubt God, to not trust in Him. Lord, ah, di ko mo trust ni mo, Lord. But isn't it that mas grabe patak ang faithful ni Lord? Grabe ta mag-doubt sa faithfulness ni God. Nga kita man ang dili faithful. Kita ang grabe ka dali ma-unfaithful ni Lord. Kinsa ang faithful? God? Our man, God, diba? And how is it that we're so quick to put God to the test? If you look at the story once again, despite the shortcomings of Isaac and Abraham, God is faithful. 
for us. We need to trust God for provision. He is faithful. Now it continues in verse 12 of chapter 26. It says here, Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. All right? Isaac sold in that land. So Isaac stayed. Now this time, again, credit to Isaac. He didn't just go to Egypt, even with what happened with Abimelech, but he stayed where God told him to stay. And what's amazing here was that he sowed in that land. Anyone here who knows plants, at least during the pandemic, you know that when you plant something, you don't just get that fruit or the reward of your seed right away, diba? You don't plant something, then overnight, nane prutas mo gawas. Nane vegetable mutubo dayon. It takes time. The verse says that when he sowed in that land, he reaped in the same year. Took probably weeks or months before he could get the harvest, before he could reap a hundredfold. I'm saying that because a lot of us, we want to jump straight to the hundredfold. Uy, I like that. Reap the hundredfold. Who wouldn't want to reap? Are hundredfold to get blessings from God. About whom here you want to receive blessings from God? About all of us, I believe. Lord, you gonna have blessings, Lord. Okay, now, Lord. No, but it would be a good thing. But before we say, Lord, can we skip to the good part, Lord? Many blessings, Lord. Before we get to those blessings, it involves time. Yes, God, Isaac, He would bless him, He would provide for him, but it didn't happen overnight. In his case, it took time for what he sowed to grow. And the same thing with us, church. Perhaps nag pray mo, you know, yesterday, last night. Matani mo, wala provision. Keep on praying. Keep trusting in the Lord. Move in faith. It might not happen right away, but the provision of God is there. Knowing the faithfulness of God, are you willing to wait on Him, church? Because look at here. Isaac sowed, he reaped a hundredfold, and in verse 13, what happened? The man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. He had possessions of flocks and herds and many servants, so the Philistines envied him. In other words, even in the midst of a famine, remember, famine, extreme shortage of food. Even amidst all of that, God was still able to provide for him. God told him, and even without going to Egypt, wherein there was this river, probably the food dito, the source dito, God told him, no, Drika. Drika is a place, nga seemingly maslisod makakuag provision, a place where he needed to sow, meaning it took time. It took hard work. Anyone here who's ever tried planting knows it takes hard work, isn't it? Araro pa and all that. And yet, God blessed him. God blessed him to the point that he was very rich, very wealthy. I'm sharing this to all of us, church, because again, all of us, we just want the get rich quick. So many people are fond of, I just want the blessings, I just want to get the thing quickly as possible. Yes, God will bless us, church. But God is also interested in our hearts, in your character, in your spiritual condition, basically. The same thing with us when we were kids. But when we were kids, yes, our parents could provide for us, but they didn't just give something to us right away simply because we asked it. Magan ko ice cream at 3 a.m. in the morning. Your parents know what is good for you. They know that if you just give all that you want, magisulta, magkasakit ka. If all you eat is junk food, ice cream, 
Remember, when you were younger, you didn't want to eat gulay. You just want to eat junk food, ice cream, hot dog, whatever. Kanarang diet na to all that time, magkasakit mo. Your parents know that you need to have these things. They just give always what you wanted. The same thing with us. God knows when to give those things that we're praying for and asking for. Church, we're talking about God here. We're talking about someone who knows us best. Who knows when is the right time to receive something. When is the right time to give something. He knows us. He sees our innermost being. He knows our flaws, our problems, our shortcomings. He knows that if he had it right away, it might just destroy you. But if he delays that and gives it to you on a later time, and it will become a blessing to you. The same thing here with Isaac. He had to learn to trust in the Lord first, to stay in that land first, and then experience the blessings of God. And our church, don't despise the seeming delays of God are not actually delays. God knows the right time to bless us, to give something to us. Because again, He is God. It, it would be arrogant for us to say, Lord, when is the right time? Better than you. <laughs> are we the Lord? Are we God? No. So, so let's trust in the faithfulness of God, church. Now, a few more things. This story shows us once again how blessed Isaac was. If you look at the story, man, grab his Isaac, how I wish that was me. Grab ka blessed siya. But if you look at the story, what's amazing here as well, that Isaac did nothing to earn those blessings in the first place. Remember, God said, I will bless you. But if you, if you think about it, what did Isaac do so that God would say, Isaac, I will bless you? Was Isaac was like, Gabi Lord, I did all of this. Gabi go faithful, therefore you should bless me. No. You know why Isaac was blessed? It says here in verse 4 to 5 of chapter 26, I'll multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and will give to your offspring all these lands and in your offspring all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Why? Verse 5, because Abraham obeyed his father. Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. In other words, Isaac was merely a recipient of another's righteousness or another person's obedience. Someone did something for him. He's merely a recipient. Now, why is that important for us to take note? With us here today, well, guess what, church? Us here today are just like Isaac. We are recipients of someone's obedience and righteousness. And because of his obedience and righteousness, we get to experience the blessings of God. And why is this important? Because without his obedience and righteousness, we would be enemies of God still. I'm not sure if you remember, but last year, we talked about who were we without Christ. We were at one point enemies of the Lord. You guys know that when you read your Bibles? We were enemies of God because of our sin. And as Gentiles, we're not even part of, of the original covenant God had with His promised people. We're not Israelites. None of us here are Jews. We're Gentiles. We were enemies of God. But because of one man's righteousness and obedience to the Lord, we were grafted in or adopted or added to His family, God's family. Of course, I'm talking none other than Jesus. Church, because of Jesus, we are just like Isaac, but much greater pa. In Jesus' case, 
Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, and I'm using the NLT, says here, For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. If you're a Christian, you're a believer here today, remember, you were made right. Not by your own good deeds, not by your own actions, but through Christ. When God looks at you, you are righteous. Not by your merits, but by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And because of that, you are recipients of God's blessings, God's love, God's forgiveness, and even greater than what Isaac had in his covenant, an assurance of eternity. We talked about this last week. Recipients of an assurance of eternity to be with God for the rest of eternity. And the word church for us today, just another great example of God's faithfulness. If you look at it, throughout the preaching, God's faithfulness. Why? Because we need to pound that in our heads and straight to our hearts that God is faithful. That for us here today, all that we have is all because of Jesus. We are recipients because of someone's obedience and someone's righteousness. And because of that, I hope and I pray that this would cause us to do two things. To repent and to glorify the Lord. To repent, meaning, Lord, sorry Lord, for those times when I doubt, when I move without faith. All those times, Lord, may we repent of those times and to glorify the Lord. Parang, wouldn't this cause us to glorify the Lord? I mean, wouldn't knowing this cause us to glorify the Lord? Knowing na recipient ka. You didn't do anything to deserve it and yet here you are nonetheless. If you look at look back at all the blessings God has given you, salvation palang nimo. wouldn't cause you to glorify Him. It's so easy for us, church, to keep thinking of the lack, our problems, but how often do we pause to think and thank God for the things He has given us? How often have we done that? I encourage all of us as well. There's a practical application as well. After this, to your home, spend time to pray. Think back and thank God for all He has done for you. Whether today, this week, start doing so. That will greatly help you be reminded, Oh nga no, faithful day is the Lord. Provider nga day is the Lord. When you look back and realize all the things God has done or has been doing for you. As simple as, Lord, thank you. Nakoy makaon today. Lord, thank you na pamasahe. Lord, thank you na masakyat. Lord, thank you na service ko. Lord, thank you wala ko nagkasakit. As simple as those things. Thank God for those things. Glorify Him. Because God is faithful. You just heard a message from Victory Dumaguete. For more messages like these, or to access other resources, please visit victorydumaguete.org or like our page on Facebook.